welcome to our first heart session. You've made the right choice. <laughs> My great privilege just to introduce David and Greta Peters to you this afternoon. My name's Craig. I'm the senior pastor from St. Helens and Witness Christian Life Centre. And I had the great privilege of uh, working with David and Greta before, come and minister to St. Helens on two occasions and minister to our leaders via Zoom. And just by way of testimony, fantastic leaders amazing heart just want to equip us in the power and the ministry of the holy spirit always bring hope every time they come and us in st Helens are still living off the prophetic words and the ministry that you sowed into us last time on that wonderful zoom evening still watching it regularly so can i just say be expectant be excited and let's welcome david and greta Hello everybody, it's just such a joy to be here and, and thank you so much for coming and I, I know that those of you that have chosen this session, you're the hungry ones and we really believe that the Lord wants to come at the end when we invite him and the Holy Spirit to really touch every single life that, that all of us will leave changed because we've encountered Jesus. So God bless you as you listen. Yeah, you're hungry because you can't eat your sandwiches. <laughs> no food allowed. But anyway, we hope you're spiritually hungry and that will carry you through to whenever you get to have lunch. <laughs> well, wasn't that an amazing session? Wow. Uh, so challenging. So right on. Uh, you know, so lots of change coming. Which Jonathan was amazing. He, um, he has really facilitated me introducing our new book, How to Pray and Change Your World. So I must thank him for that. But seriously, um, we've just released this book, uh, written three books. This is the most important one. I felt it was like an assignment from God uh, that the Lord is calling the church to prayer. So I wanted to write something that uh, was based on the pattern of prayer that Jesus taught us. Uh, that I think is quite significant and also just contain a whole lot of tools. Uh, you know, we talk about fasting, um, pattern of prayer, tongues, prophetic praying, praying scripture, praying for the next generation, how to pray for the lost, bit of spiritual warfare thrown in. And I wanted to write something that would appeal to people whose prayer lives are really at zero all the way through to prayer warriors. And the call of the book is to just help people take another step in prayer. So this afternoon, Greta and I are going to tag teach. Um, so, you know, we'll be just sharing in the teaching. Um, introducing this topic, Father God gave the church two great gifts. The first great gift he gave us is Jesus, Savior. And the second great gift he gave the church is the Holy Spirit, helper. Reese Howes, anyone have heard of him? Famous Welsh intercessor. He said this. He says, it's strange that the world knows more about a savior that was on earth for 33 years than the Holy Spirit who's been here 2,000 years. And he wasn't put, trying to put Jesus down by any means you know, he honored Jesus. And I just believe that this is true. And we really, as pastors and leaders, need to have a real understanding of who the Holy Spirit and what he does. And so what we want to share today is just understanding some of the work of the Spirit, hopefully leading to an encounter time at the end. We look at our first scripture, Acts 10.38. 
And no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You know, Father's intention for every believer is that we're all anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and go around healing those who are oppressed. We go around doing good. If you read John 14, 12. But take note, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, not merely power. And sometimes people think the Holy Spirit's a, a power to get hold of and use, a bit like the false be with you type of thing. But he is the most incredible person who wants to get hold of us and use us. And I can remember once in a conversation with Jesus saying, I love to use anybody and everybody. Just simply be willing. Isn't that wonderful that he, he just, it doesn't matter what or who we are, he delights to use us. But what's really important with the Holy Spirit is we get to know him in close relationship as this incredible, wonderful person that he is. And you know, when you meet a new person for the first time um, and you're getting to know them, a most common question you ask is, um, what kind of work you do? Isn't that so? Well, we're gonna, if we know what a person does for a living, it does help to get us to know them. So we're going to have a look at what does the Holy Spirit do? First of all, what does he do in the world? And John 16, 8 tells us, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of coming judgment. The wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is that he draws people to Jesus. He opens their heart to receive him. And I can, um, I can give many examples, but I just think of one real standout one. When I was at, at, at university um, making new friends, and one of the friends, um, he actually, I found out, was an out-and-out radical atheist. And then in my first year, I'm, I became a born-again Christian, and I excitedly shared with him what had happened to me, because I was profoundly... Um, changed by that encounter with Jesus and his response was to laugh me full in at me full in the face and he mocked and he scoffed and he he, he was almost rolling on the ground with laughter um, um, he did keep coming back he didn't run away and and over those years I would I would be sharing what what Jesus had been doing in my life that week and he just kept on scoffing and mocking the daylights out of me. Um, he graduated and um, immigrated to the United States. And um, soon after I graduated, I met my first husband, Ron, who's now living in heaven. And um, I sent this friend in the States a wedding, a wedding invitation. And I got this letter in reply, apologizing they couldn't make it. But this is what he said to me. He said... Greta, I've remembered every single word you've shared with me. I've just given my heart to Christ. And I've, um, I've just gotten married and my new wife has received Jesus as well. So there is this wonderful Holy Spirit who in spite of all 
um, appearances was doing this incredible work of opening his heart and drawing this friend to Jesus. So, you know, sometimes we just simply sow seeds. Other times, there'd be many times where I've led people to Jesus. But as long as we are just simply his witness, the Holy Spirit will do the rest in a most miraculous way of changing hearts. Uh, God is releasing a missional fire in the church. There's just no doubt about it. And um, the Holy Spirit is the expert at bringing people to Christ. Our job is to sow seed, water seed, reap a harvest. All three are valid. Sometimes you don't get to lead a person to Jesus, even though you've shared with them. But remember, the seed is powerful. Or you may be watering what someone else is sowing. And prayer is a big key. Uh, you know, one of one of our sons, my first wife, Jane, is in, is in heaven as well, but one of our sons went into the drug scene for 12 years, and the Lord just said, I want you to do two things, love him unconditionally and pray unceasingly. And, you know, when his mum died, he came back to the Lord, and today he's going great. He's a leader in his church. He's just going strong for Jesus. And, but it took 12 years, you know, and for some of you, you still got kids and, and, and family members, loved ones, people you care about, not yet in the kingdom, keep praying. As you pray, the Holy Spirit will convict. As you witness, the Holy Spirit will convict. Okay, what does the Holy Spirit do in the world? Obviously, we're time-constrained this afternoon, so we're just skimming. You're leaders. You know a lot of this. We're just trying to put it together in a package for you. So in the, in the church, the Holy Spirit does three main things. Number one, he ministers the presence of Jesus. He brings the presence of God to the church. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not realize that you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Okay, and then the next thing he does is he brings purity, Galatians 5.17. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. He's the Holy Spirit after all. And so anyone walking with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be this work of him uh, increasingly matching our condition to our position. You know, we're righteous in Christ through faith, but our condition is less. It's more experiential. And all throughout our lives, the Holy Spirit is purifying, cleansing, because he wants to operate through uh, vessels. You know, 2 Timothy 2, I think it's 22. Um, if anyone purifies himself from what is ignoble, they will be a vessel for noble use, consecrated and useful to the master of the house, ready for any good work. And Jesus, it's told in Hebrews 12, let's throw aside every weight and sin that hinders us running a good race. And if we're leaders here today, many of you will be leaders. Maybe you're leading a church or you're leading something within the life of the church. You know, you are, you're on planet earth to make a difference. You, you're here for his sake. Paul said, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And I think the big temptation in leadership is we've got to ask Jesus to take the ego out of us, to take the desire to impress, the desire to be liked, to be wanted, so that we have a purity of heart that just wants to bring fame to him, bring honor to his name. And when you want to do that, you'll find the Spirit of God begins to use you much more powerfully. And... Um, I think that's amazing. Okay, what else does he do? The Holy Spirit brings power. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What for? Because you'll be my witnesses to the very ends of the earth where we live. So 
the, and we're just going to focus on the power for the rest of this uh, time. Um, you know, we just don't have time to focus. I mean, I could talk a whole lot on presence. How many love the presence of God? You know, I love that bit in uh, Exodus. Moses said, oh, God, unless your presence goes with us, what will make us any different to any other group on planet Earth? And, you know, God is putting a hunger in us to pursue his presence. I am sick of church meetings without the presence of God. We don't want slick meetings. We need the presence of God. And the good news is everywhere we're going in the recent years, the presence levels on the increase. Wow. We were just in Yate at the weekend with Marty. He's an Irish. Irish pastor, love the Irish. The presence of God was incredible. Wherever we go in New Zealand, the presence of God, there's something happening, something we're recognizing that we need his presence. But we also need his purity and his power. So the power is released in two ways by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the two main ways are through spiritual gifts and manifestations. Now, I know the, the Bible students among us will know that Paul uses the words uh, manifestation and spiritual gifts interchangeably to mean the same thing. But I'm just going to take a liberty and use them in a little bit uh, of a different sense today. So let's have a look first at the gifts of the Spirit. How many are there? Nine. What are they? Shout it out. Tongues and interpretation, that's two. What else? Prophecy, yep. Words of knowledge. Healing, yep. Miracles. Discerning of spirits. Have we got them all? Should be nine there. I think we got them all. Word of wisdom, if that hasn't been mentioned. Faith, miracles, and healings. Well, that'll get you going right there, wouldn't it? Okay, so uh, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are like the electrical appliances of the spiritual realm. So this building is wired for power. There's cabling in the walls. It's connected to the grid. But that power that's wired into the building would do us absolutely no good until you start connecting in appliances. So we connect in light, you get light. You, you rig up the sound, you get sound. We get visual. Uh, we get cooling or heating, whatever. The appliances convert the power to benefit. I can say I'm a Pentecostal, spiritful Christian all I like, but that doesn't do anyone any good. It doesn't do the people in my church any good. It doesn't do the lost people in my life any good until I start plugging in a spiritual gift to minister to the need of somebody. So you're just going about your daily chores or whatever, and then you suddenly start thinking about a, per a friend. Uh, you're thinking, uh, you know, Johnny's coming to mind. Why am I... I I'm just thinking about Johnny. I can't shake it. Well, you could dismiss that or you could begin to say, Holy Spirit, are you wanting to say something to Johnny? Could we plug in a gift of prophecy? I mean, it might be just that you pray for him, but you could go further, not only pray for him. Lord, is there a word of encouragement? Could we plug in a prophetic gifting? Could you give me a scripture, a vision or a, an impression for Johnny and something comes and you text it, email it, message him and he's encouraged or, you know, it's the same with healing. Someone tells you they're injured and not feeling well. Well, you can just say, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Or you can say, Holy Spirit, can we plug in a gift of healing here and say, would you mind if I prayed for you? And as we, as we step out in the boat, as Jonathan was saying, you know, that's when God starts moving. See, 
My gifting is prophetic teaching. Same with Greta. Very comfortable to stay in teaching for me. I trained as a teacher. It's a natural motivational gift. But I know to get into the realm of the supernatural, I have to step into the prophetic. I have to hear what God is saying. Paul said to the Galatians, God works miracles not by works of the law, but by hearing with faith. You have to step into the prophetic realm. Pastors, people are not just wanting a nice teaching message. When's the last time you included a bit of prophetic stuff in that message? When you included a few words of knowledge as you're leading the meeting? When you allowed opportunity for healing in the service? Because as Jonathan said, that's our gym and we want to have our people having the courage to take that stuff out. But how can they have the courage if they don't practice in their home groups or we don't facilitate something? And if you run a service that's just devoid of power, you are, you are are actually discipling them in powerless Christianity. So we got to create opportunity for the presence. See, most of your services will have a, a potency in the presence of God. You have to learn how to turn the presence into power. I hear a lot of pastors get up, wow, there's such a presence of God here. Hey, if you need healing, well, may God heal you. Well, big deal. Minister it. Don't just talk about it. Say, come on, put your hand on your wherever you need. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. You're asking the Spirit of God to release spiritual gifts into the service. It's gone quiet. Well, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I know I'm in the right place, speaking to the right crowd. Hallelujah. You know, so the gifts of the Spirit. I love this story from Rick Joyner. He's a prophetic minister uh, from the United States, and he writes this story. It's a testimony about the use of the gift of the word of knowledge. He says, in a meeting, we were praying for a couple that their 14-year-old uh, and their 14-year-old daughter. I heard the Holy Spirit say, obviously in his mind, tell the daughter she's not an accident. Immediately, I thought about how embarrassing this would be for the daughter and her parents. I assumed she must have been a surprised child, but I didn't want to embarrass the girl or her parents. Then the Holy Spirit said, do it. When I did, both the daughter and the parents burst into tears and were almost wailing. They said that their daughter had been the product of a rape and had just found out and felt that she was not even supposed to be alive. That one word of knowledge instantly healed a major wound in that family. The girl left thinking that she was not an accident, but that God loved her and had a purpose for her. And the parents left deeply touched by how God had so personally cared about them and had brought the victory over the lies of the enemy. Wow, a simple word of knowledge. Pastors and leaders, I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit's giving us impressions that our logic talks us out of, and that if we actually followed that and threw it out, it takes a bit of courage, because sometimes it could be wrong, and sometimes maybe something may not respond, but who knows what miraculous things can happen. So, nine gifts of the Spirit. You know probably a lot more about it. You, you can. Um, we have a website, spiritlife.org.nz. We've got four video teachings uh, there on the on the website under free stuff that you can access if you want to know more. But there's a lot of stuff around there. Okay, let's look at secondly manifestations. How many of you have ever touched a live electrical wire? 
Raise your hand. That was a stupid thing to do. Why did you do that? <laughs> Were you looking for kicks or something? <laughs> I hope it was accidental. I mean, or you get out of a car and the static discharges. You know, if you touch something electrical, what you get a jolt, don't you? Okay. When the presence and power of the Spirit is strong in a gathering, in a home group, or sometimes even out on the streets, the power of the Spirit touching a person's life, sometimes there may be actually a physical, emotional reaction. And manifestations can be very unusual at times, but they accomplish many good things in our lives. And simply put, manifestations catch our attention. Just remember Moses and the burning bush. The Bible says when Moses saw this supernaturally burning bush, it caught his attention. Then God spoke. And in, in David and, and my meetings, when we, we see manifestations, we've learned to always ask, um, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting to say? What are you wanting to speak? Because there's always a reason, and there are, and there are also plenty of scriptures that, that back up and verify the, the different manifestations. So what I'm going to just do is touch on a few of the very common ones, and there are, there are more besides. This is by no means um, the, 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 the only ones. Uh, a common one we see is laughter. You know, there's a saying, Laughter is the best medicine, isn't there? Well, when somebody has a good laugh, it triggers endorphins. They, they're released in the body. It's the feel-good endorphin, um, a neurohormone. And it often just lifts all stress and weariness. And a person feels refreshed and feels great after a really good belly laugh. Um, and the Bible says... A cheerful heart is good medicine. So what often God is doing is just simply refreshing and, and um, de-stressing people. Sometimes people cry. This happens to me quite often. And it's simply people being just so moved by God's goodness and um, revelation of his love, etc., etc. Shaking. Sometimes people will start shaking. And the Bible says we tremble in his presence, we tremble at his word, and very often it's a sign of increased prophetic anointing that, that the Holy Spirit's imparting to that person. And another manifestation is groaning, oh, and sometimes people will almost double over as if they are birthing a baby. So what's that all about? Well, the Lord's imparting an increased intercessory anointing because the Bible talks about intercession. It uses the analogy of birthing, of birthing God's purposes into being on the earth. You know, we pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And intercession, that's why that book um, is such a key. What, what Jonathan said is such a key. Um, prayer is the precursor with all things. And what I really felt um, during Jonathan's session is God is releasing an increased anointing for worship and, and intercessory prayer to all of us at a whole new level. Um, Malachi 1.11, God is going to fulfill that. He's been speaking that for a few years. We were singing, let incense arise day and night. 
24-7 around the world, we different time zones of prayer and worship to usher in and birth this unprecedented move of the Spirit across the world and, and harvest of salvation. And I know this isn't in our thing, but it's something the Holy Spirit wants to release right now. Could I just pray for all of us? Just would you just lift your hands to, to the Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Lord, would you just come now? In the name of Jesus, I release a new anointing of the Spirit for new levels of worship and prayer. Receive that. A fire of fervent, faithful prayer. Oh, across this room, Lord, let your fire of prayer burn in our hearts. And a fiery love for worship of Jesus at a whole new level. Lord, use us as your vessels to bring your kingdom to earth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We receive by faith now. Amen. Another um, very common manifestation is falling. And there are biblical examples of most falling backwards, but some falling forwards as well. What is that all about? Well, lying is a rest position. You're fully rested and relaxed. And it's more easy for the Lord to impart to you gifts or minister to you in a wonderful way. And many things happen while people are lying on, on the floor besides that. Some people are healed. They'll find they, they, they get up and and that, that terrible pain or whatever was wrong with them, it's suddenly gone. People see visions. God does all kinds of wonderful things when people are, are resting on, on the floor. And usually in our, our, in our, our meetings, um, we're we a bit limited today with time. We'll always have a catcher behind people. So if people do fall over, they don't have to be afraid of, of, um, of hurting themselves. Um, but, but a good tip is this, if this happens in your meetings and you release the anointing of the Spirit in your meetings and people fall over, encourage them to stay down and soak in the presence of the Lord. You know, Because if people just fall down and get up immediately, they've just had, had an experience of falling over, but they, we want them to have an encounter with Jesus because encounters utterly transform and change us. And that's the big difference. Now, just remember, if you fall over, you're not more spiritual than those who stay standing. Because you can have a bath lying down or a shower standing up. <laughs> and, and I've had the most profound encounters with Jesus in, in both positions. I can remember once in standing, and this is another manifestation of this electricity coming through my entire body, I was, I was rooted to the spot. I actually couldn't move. But it, was, it wasn't like the scary stuff David was talking about. It was, it was a, a wonderful um, sensation of, of this, this electricity going through all of me. And I knew, I asked the Holy Spirit, he was imparting more power to me. That's what that was about. And... I'm sure many of you here, you, who's experienced heat or fire? Okay, there are many of you. And that, again, is those are manifestations of the Lord imparting more power as well. And um, sometimes one can feel hot all over the, or the different parts of the body where you feel fire. For example, um, sometimes real fire in the hands, and that's a sign God's imparting more healing power into your hands. And again, there's all the scriptural references for it. Wind, 
Anyone experienced wind as if there's, there's suddenly a fan, yes, blowing over you? It's a sign of angelic presence. And the Bible talks about God sends the angels like winds. Oil, um, hands covered in oil. It's a sign of the anointing. Um, the Holy Spirit very graciously, when I'm writing down prophetic words, he's given me sometimes I'll, I'll realize my hands are covered in oil and he's simply just affirming that his anointing is on that on what I'm what I'm thinking I'm hearing he's just confirming that so that really encourages me aromas who's who's smelled aromas again a number of you and there can be different kinds of aromas a beautiful fragrance and um, the perfume the fragrance of Jesus and it's like no other perfume that us ladies could ever buy. Um, we've smelled smoke before. That's a sign of Sarah's presence, the, the holy burning angels, the burning ones. Um, fresh bread is another example. And that, that means that the God's, there's a fresh revelation of the word of God um, being, being released. And the, on, on a number of other manifestations like this, but do you know what the greatest manifestation of everything is? A greater love for Jesus and power to be his witness. That's, that's the main thing. Now, there are some people who feel nothing at all. They fall over under the power of God, um, and, and that's it. But something always gets imparted. So if that, is, if that happens to you or explain to your people in your church, just say, receive it by faith. I can remember one, one lady, we um, experienced this where, where we were ministering. And she said she fell over, felt nothing at all. But then a few days later, after that meeting, her her family faced a major crisis. And suddenly she said she had all this inner strength she doesn't know you know it, it was way beyond herself and she knew how to deal with it and she said to us I know God imparted that that strength and ability to cope when I was down there on the carpet so God is always doing something wonderful the the two ditches we want to avoid with manifestations if people get um, the eyes away from the Lord and on the manifestations they may become self-indulgent. And it's, if it's all about the manifestations, then they just become mere entertainment. But then on, conversely, on the other hand, you know, when, when people think of man, manifestations, oh, that's not important, that's not necessary, then they've already limited the work of the Spirit. And we don't want to do that either. What we need to do is right in the middle is we want to keep our focus on Jesus because it's always all about Jesus, and we will welcome manifestations that the Holy Spirit releases. He always knows what is best and what we need. And something that is really important for us to know is that every spiritual awakening in history has been accompanied by these manifestations that is why they are really important. You know, the tide may be out a little in your church, um, and we're not saying chase after manifestations. We're just saying pursue the presence of God. And, but be warned that as you really want an increase of the presence of the Lord 
among you and then through you um, to the community that stuff is going to happen. And I think as leaders, we just are going to have to learn how to steward it. You probably have all known of the Toronto move, and that was controversial because it had some very interesting manifestations, and whole churches lurched that way into a manifestation mode and kind of, you know, got a bit burned out. I just think we need to walk that middle road. And as I said before, we don't pursue manifestations. We pursue the presence of God. But if manifestations come, we'll try and steward them in a way that will honor Jesus. Uh, Sometimes, you know, wildfire comes and people get a bit kind of too carried away and you've got to calm things a bit down. But mostly the Spirit of God does do unusual. He doesn't do weird, but he does do unusual. And if you want to shut out all the unusual from your meetings, (laughs) you're probably going to shut him out as well. So we just have to be open because I don't know about you, but we need his power. Um, So let's summarize that. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit does, he, uh, this is a diagram that helps explain this. He ministers the presence of Jesus to the church in purity and power. And um, a lot of us um, would probably start praying on the right-hand side. We would pray prayers like, Lord, uh, purify my life. Uh, I want a greater purity. Um, that's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, um, and holiness, etc. Or we will pray, Lord, I need greater power uh, to minister, uh, to set people free, to heal the sick, to preach the word, whatever. Those are, those are good prayers. But a better way of praying is to actually start on the left and to make the priority of our prayer as, Lord, Spirit of God, I want to get to know you better as a person. Would you reveal yourself to me? And as you, as you get to walk with the person, you're going to know more of his presence. Now, some of you might say, but what about Jesus and the Father? Uh, is that dangerous? No. When you ask to get to know the Holy Spirit better, you know the great passion of his ministry is to reveal Jesus. He can't help himself. He, he, just, he just reveals Jesus. And you know the great passion of Jesus is to reveal the Father. So you can't miss out. It's like, but, you know, start walking with the person of the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit, and then you'll know presence. And then automatically, as kind of just growing out of, of that intimate connection with Him as a person and that presence, you're going to know an increased purity and power. It's almost like automatic. It will just happen. See, I don't particularly want purity without the person because I could end up legalistic. We've all seen people like that. I don't think I want power without the person because I could just end up egotistical with a swollen head. Wow, look at, you know, look at me. So when, when you're earthed in the relationship with the person, it will safeguard us. And then God can take you higher. I've discovered Father's so loving, he won't give us power that will destroy us. He will only give us enough that uh, in, in proportion to our ability to steward that and our capacity. But I'm saying that our capacity will grow if our love for the person increases because it will keep earthing us. And I don't know your name. You've got your hand in your pocket. 
I tell you what, you, you better get ready for this realm. You're already, you're already stepped into it, actually. And you've, you've seen God moving through you in some pretty profound ways. But I tell you what, it's going to go up to a whole new level. And you're going to find yourself experiencing things you've never experienced before. And you're going to say, what is going on here, Lord? And just know that the Holy Spirit's your helper, teacher, and guide. If you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. What's going on here, Lord? What do you want to do? What do you want to say through this and listen? And God's actually going to really increase your sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit. I don't know who you are, but God does. And son, he's just going to use you and bless you. So that's very, very cool. How many um, have heard this great scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 13? Uh, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. How many have heard that? Maybe you've even given it at the end of a meeting to close your service off. Um, it's just a great scripture. And um, I don't know if we've, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we've got it, but um, that scripture reveals who God is. See, if you want to know who the Father is, the word is love. Behold what manner of love the Father's given to us that we should be called children of God. If you want to know uh, who Jesus really is, it is called, it's grace. Paul says, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet he became poor for our sake. But if you want to know who the Holy Spirit is and what his core essential essence is, it's fellowship. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. He wants to fellowship. That's a bit of an old-fashioned word in the 21st century, so... um, Oh, no, I haven't got the diagram, but um, we could replace it with words like companionship and partnership. So when Paul says, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, he's saying, may the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That firstly, you, you, you're walking as friends. You're, he's your Lord. You're, you're walking in relationship. It's a companionship thing. You're not... I don't know if you're pastoring a church or you're running something within your church or you're vocational out there and you're running a business, but all I know is that he's your companion. You know, I remember being pastor of the Wellington Elam Church, our capital city, and I was getting so stressed out with all the problems. We had lots of people say fast growth, and I was in my office one day and I just was overwhelmed with it all. So I got up out of my office chair And I said, Lord, you're the boss of this church. That's your chair. You take control. I'm going down to get some McDonald's. And off I went. It was like a prophetic action. I'm handing this over. And and if you are leading something and you feel the stresses of that leadership, can I just say, he's your companion. You don't have to do that on your own. And he's your partner. He will partner with you. He will help you. He's the helper. He's the guide. And so my guess the thought Greta and I want to leave with you today is may the companionship and partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And may you find him using you more and more in his power and his giftings. May you see more of his presence and his power and those manifestations taking place 
in you and among you and among your people. It's not going to happen every service, not going to happen all the time, but all we're saying is there'll be times where the Spirit sweeps in, does unusual things, and we just need to know how to steward that a little better and how to walk with Him, how to understand what He's doing and allow the Holy Spirit to be the senior leader of your church and of your life and of your business and of your family and of your marriage and whatever. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? We want to really just pray that the Spirit of the Lord would just come like a wave and just touch our lives today. And and just in these last few minutes, could I just encourage you before uh, Greta and I ask for the Holy Spirit to release a fresh touch on our lives? Could I just encourage you? There's two things that will attract uh, the touch of the Holy Spirit to you. Uh, the preaching anointing is going to increase on you to a whole new level. Preaching with signs and wonders. Uh, this one in the middle, yeah. Pre- or you can have it as well if you want, but <laughs> particularly you. Uh, you're just going to believe God that as you minister the word, signs and wonders and healings will just take place. I just see that happening, so be encouraged. Um, hunger will attract the Holy Spirit. I know we're hungry for food, but if you can just say, I'm more hungry for a touch of the Spirit right now in these last few minutes, that will attract God to you. The other thing is faith. When, when, the, when Greta and I ask the Holy Spirit to touch us, some of us will feel that. Some of those manifestations will take place here this afternoon. Others of us may not feel anything. But let me tell you, there's always impartation in response to faith. And you just believe, Lord, whether I feel anything or not, I am believing before I go out of this room for, Lord, an impartation of Holy Spirit anointing on my life. If I feel it, thank you. That's an encouragement to me. If I don't feel it, I'm taking it by faith. And I am believing that when I go back wherever I'm from, I'm going to know a greater level of the presence and power of the Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we honor your beauty. We honor your fellowship, your companionship, your partnership. We honor you because you reveal our precious Jesus to us. And Jesus, we thank you that you're the way to the Father who deeply loves us. And Father, we think of that beautiful scripture that Jesus said, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we're asking, Lord, for a fresh a fresh oiling, a fresh anointing, a fresh impartation of the presence and power of the Spirit upon our lives. And we honor your presence and we invite you to come. Would you just lift your hands like you're going to receive a gift from the Lord? Greta's going to impart this right now. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here. And in the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit Receive a fresh inpouring of the Spirit. Receive more, Lord. Be filled to overflow with the with the, the person of the Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. I just see the Lord. He's He's refreshing some of you. He's coming like refreshing rain. All the weariness and stresses are being, and worries and discouragement, they're going, be gone in Jesus' name. Pour out Holy Spirit. He's re-strengthening some of you. 
others, he's refiring you. I see him coming like the wind, the breath, and he's breathing on the embers. And I see the flame rising high and burning bright. Fire of God, fall in this place. Receive fresh fire of passionate love for Jesus. Prophetic revelatory anointing. Many of you receiving more, Lord. More, Lord. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. Touch. 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 Intercessory anointing. Touch. Let's just, let's just linger. You know, the old Pentecostals, they tarried. They waited a bit. Let's just wait a few more minutes. Often the Holy Spirit will come in waves. And uh, one wave will come and then another and another. And just, if, you know, just, just remember, just release your hunger, release your faith right now. And, and whether you feel anything or not, just say, Lord, I am believing for this download. I just feel um, the Spirit of God is breaking dis- depression and discouragement off some. Today, you've been highly discouraged and a little depressed. That discouragement has led to some level of depression. And I take, I take authority over that. I break it off you. And the Holy Spirit minister joy to you right now. The joy of the Lord be your strength. I just feel like there's a, there's a well of joy beginning to bubble up within you. Um, I, you know, it may or may not get expressed in laughter. I'm not after that particularly, but I just feel like there, from this day on, that well of joy is going to bubble out of you. You're going to actually find at different times, you're just laughing with joy, the Spirit of God ministering that. He's lightening your load right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I pray for all the preachers in the room, all those that have the privilege of preaching and teaching the Word of God. Just let there be fresh fire in your words right now. May the Spirit of Revelation give you truth to speak and share that is anointed, that carries the revelation of heaven. Just uh, I, Some of you are feeling tingling in your lips right now among you preachers, and there's actually one or two, there's burning in your lips. That's a little sign God's anointing you, but you may not be feeling that, but take it by faith. Uh, Lord, may they stand at a new level of authority and love to speak the truth, speaking the truth in love. And Lord, may they uh, preach. Paul said, my message was not just simply with word, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. 1 Thessalonians 1.5, I release that to different preachers and teachers in the room. May you know that. Another wave, Holy Spirit, right now. Another wave. Many of you are going to have visions and dreams. Go to bed with a journal at the side of your bed. God's going to be speaking to you in the middle of the night. For, for some of you, God's going to be waking you up in the fourth watch because he's calling you to watch and pray, watch and pray. And you're going to see incredible things happen. And it's the time of, of impartation of more power for the miraculous. Pursue the fullness of God in your, in your churches and in your life. This is God's heart and will for you. Jesus said, you will do even greater things than me. So I release that increase of, of visions and dreams and prophetic words in the name of Jesus. And the, the, the preachers, your, your preaching is going to be, have a prophetic edge, a prophetic edge in Jesus' name that is going to just cut deep like a double-edged sword to the very heart and depths of people's spirits. 
And just lastly, uh, almost lastly, just the, I just get the sense, you know, uh, of shalom. That's that Jewish word for peace, wholeness, rest. And um, right now, the mood of the spirit is just there, there is a sense of his peace and rest falling on many lives. It's like a stillness uh, just coming into the room. And I, I sense a number of you, you see, I, I see it settling on you. May you know the peace of God that passes all understanding. May you know the, the rest. May he just lift the burden right now. And may you walk with the Holy Spirit in partnership. May you take the yoke of Jesus and discover his gentleness and lowliness of heart and therefore find rest for your soul. I just, in the name of Jesus, release the rest and the peace all through this room. Spirit of God, would you minister it deeply right now? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. And just one last thing right now. I really had a picture of the folk that would be coming to this being carriers of this wherever you go, when you go back to your church, your home group, your business, your family, um, to carry this. Look, you know, for some of you, this is old school. You know all about this. Others of you, it might be new. But the thing is, you don't need David and Greta to go with you to teach you. You've got you to gotta guide in the Holy Spirit. And if you just want to be hungry uh, to minister and steward his presence and power, he will guide you. So right now, just lift your hands afresh. In the name of Jesus, may you receive his anointing to be carriers of his presence and power back to your church, back to, your, back to wherever you're from, your family, your home group, your business, your ministry team. Some of you lead ministry teams uh, within the life of the church who then lead others. You know, some have been frenzied and busy, but I just feel like the Lord is saying, I want you to get in step with me. I want you to get in rhythm with me. It's like a platoon of soldiers marching in step. You know, when one's out of step, it just puts the whole thing out. And it's like they do a little skip to get back in step. I think some of us need to do a little skip today to get back into step with the Holy Spirit. May the partnership and companionship of the Holy Spirit settle on you now. In the name of Jesus. Our website, um, spiritlife.org.nz. You can go on there. There's a whole lot of resources. There's also a contact thing if you need to email um, or you want to know more. Hey, how many believe you're going to step into something as you leave? Yeah?